Hello and welcome to Dotto Tech. I'm Steve Dotto and I am ever so glad you could join us today. This is show 154 where I will be welcoming into our live show today Jillian Shaw, Bosco Anthony, Greg Gazin and uh, Fraser Morrison will be joining us as well and he manage, as he manages our live chat room. So this is uh, the uh, the new format. Dottotech. If you're used to listening to this podcast or you haven't heard us for a couple of weeks, uh, we no longer do a regular radio show, but instead we're doing a live Google Hangout on air on a weekly basis where we bring a live studio audience, a virtual studio audience together along with our guests. And it's a far more dynamic, far more entertaining show as far as I'm concerned, but also it's a little more challenging technically speaking because we have people coming to us through Google Hangouts. And if you've tried any of these online services, you know that occasionally there are technical glitches. Although I think we made it through this week's show pretty much without any serious technical glitches. Uh, so without any further ado, let's let's join the stream uh, as the show is going live on June the 4th, 2014. Ten seconds away from the webinar launching, I believe. We should start to see people coming into the room at any moment now. And there they are. And we want to welcome all of you who are joining us right now for our next, our 154th edition of Dottotech Live, our third or fourth of the Google Hangouts versions live with a live studio audience. I'm so excited to see everybody jumping on the call right now. Hey, what I need you guys to do as you come on is... Uh, is post quickly into the into the chat room exactly uh, where you're coming in from. We're fascinated to see where you're where you might be joining us from, and then I'll start to introduce our our cast of characters here. We're already up to thirty people in the room. That's awesome. This is so exciting. Are you guys excited? Absolutely. I'm over the moon excited. I, absolutely. Yeah, I can absolutely. I can I can feel I'm it. I'm I'm feeling the love. I am feeling the love. So uh, so let us know where you're all from. Hello, Matt. So just if you guys are all finding the chat uh, time off on the side here, uh, this right hand side of the window, you should be seeing a chat window, and just tell us where you're from. We got uh, we got Bosco from North End. Okay, well Bosco doesn't ma count because he's <laughs> our guest. Justin's coming in from Richmond, not very far away from where I am sitting right here. Uh, so that's that's very cool. Washington D.C. Elena, awesome. Really? Washington, D.C.? You're up late. Oh, we've got uh, Steve from Salt Lake City, uh, Victoria in Maryland. Oh, man, they're happening so fast. we got Surrey, B.C., Andrea from California. I'm gonna, sorry if I'm going to miss you. Skip from Northern Michigan. Wetaskiwin, Alberta. Andre from the mighty Wetaskiwin. It's not even just the plain old Wetaskiwin. <laughs> Barry from uh, Maryland, from Hagerston, Hagerstown. And who's this one? we got Brixton from... Qatar? Yep. Seriously? Yeah. I think he wins. I wish we had a great prize for the person that's the farthest away. It's finally that's definitely, right it. definitely it from Qatar. Dan from Delta, BC. I think we're driving home together after the show today. We've got <laughs> Sylvia from Montreal. Bonjour, Sylvia. Uh, and uh, and again, just, Justin's from Haro, America. I don't know what that means. What is Haro? Does anybody know? Is it? I'll tell you later. Oh, is it a joke? That's an inside joke, because he said he was from Richmond already, didn't he, Bosco? Yeah. Let me introduce our cast of characters in today's fine episode. We have Bosco Anthony joining us. Uh, Bosco's uh, in North Vancouver. Hey, Bosco, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me on the show today. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you here. Uh, we got Fraser Morrison, who is our administrator. He's going to be going to be monitoring the chat as we go along. He's all the way coming to us from Halifax, Nova Scotia. How are you doing? Good day. Let's do <laughs> There's Fraser, good stuff. Uh, we have Jillian Shaw, columnist for the Vancouver Sun, technology writer extraordinaire. I call her the first woman of tech in Canada, and she is the first woman of tech in Canada. Jillian, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, Jillian always gets quiet. Yeah, especially you... <laughs> after you say all those nice things, Steve. Yeah, you, 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 you know, you're not very comfortable with praise, are you, no, Jillian? No, no, no. I'm like, I'm blushing here. You can't get uh, It's good. You look good. You look good. And we also have Greg Gazin, the gadget guy from Edmonton, from Rainey. Edmonton, Alberta. How are you doing? Fantastic, Steve. Good. Well, thanks for coming on, Greg. Greg's a longtime fan of the old time show, and then we met in Edmonton, and and now we I've been using him as as one of my go to gadget guys. So we've got a couple of great topics lined up for today's show. We're going to start things off with Jillian and I. We're going to be chatting 
about a story she did recently about Facebook being sued in the province of British Columbia, which I think is just an awesome story. We're going to start with that, uh, but we have plenty of time today to take on Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference, uh, some some advent, uh, some sorry, some advances in uh, the world of the world hates Google and. Uh, the beauty of having you folks in chat is if you have questions or things that you want us to address, get them into the chat room. Fraser will make sure that we get them, and each of the moderators or each of our guests is also going to be monitoring the chat as we go along. So we don't mind at all diverting from the path that we're on to cover the topics and the things that you might be interested in if you have questions about something. If it's something that's kind of that we need a little background on, you can feel free to even post a link right in there in the chat and we can be looking at it and kind of getting some of the background and context as we go along. So that's our that's our promise to you. We've got some great content lined up, but you tell us what you're interested in as well and we might just talk about it as well. So Jillian, let's get started with you and talk let's talk about this. <laughs> Facebook thought that they were unassailable in Canada, did they not? Yes, well, you know, if you read the terms and conditions, which of course nobody does, Steve, there is a line there that says if you want to sue us, you have to come to California. Mm -hmm. But there's a, a Facebook user in BC just ignored that little line, found a lawyer, and launched a class action lawsuit, or at least went to court and said, I would like this to be certified as a class action lawsuit which of course Facebook tried to immediately have thrown out because it was in a BC court and Facebook said, hey look, we don't deal with things in other courts, you've got to come to California. Well, a judge in British Columbia disagreed. So Facebook is now facing a class action lawsuit. So her issue was, and it's stuff that Facebook has since changed, but it was a rather despicable practice when it started. Uh, it, it all began with the, uh, the Facebook, the, the uh, brands that were liked That's were right. then promoting, were taking our images without our permission and promoting them to our friends saying, Steve liked Ford if I happen to have clicked on that I like a Ford car or something, right? Yeah. Exactly. What they, what, uh, you know, and the, I mean, no mistake about it, Facebook is an advertising company. That's what it is. It's not social media. It's an ad company. So what among the many ways it's making money was through these sponsored ads. So, yeah, Steve, when you click that you like some brand, and you may have to do that to enter a contest or see some more content, you may not even like them. But yeah, there's lots of forced likes to even see a video, which is a practice I really despise. Exactly. Exactly. So what, what happened then, mm -hmm. unbeknownst to you, your face would show up, say, on because we're Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. So when I, I there will be an ad coming alongside in, in the side of my Facebook feed, and it'll say, you know, buy a Ford or go to the Canucks or whatever, because your friend Steve and your, your picture and your name will be there. And you'll be, you don't even know it, but you'll be endorsing another brand. Yeah, and so, and she was horrified to see that, uh, she just looked at, she isn't a heavy-duty Facebook user, from what, from what I understand, right? Well, she found out that, she found out that her name and picture were being used in a Tough Mudder ad. And, yes. And only, she, she only found out when somebody told her, which is yeah. what would happen. Like, you wouldn't know if you were showing up on my screen or Bosco's or, you wouldn't know until your friends told you and said, wait, Steve, now, you know, why are you... Why are you advertising for, you know, why are you selling cars on my Facebook? So, and so she was, she felt her privacy was absolutely being invaded. She knew, obviously knew something about the privacy laws here in British Columbia and in Canada. And she decided to take them on head on. She, now did she, did, do you know if she went through a process of talking to Facebook directly and, or did she just take it straight to the courts? No, I don't. She is trying to, she, she and her lawyers took it to court to get it classified as a, uh, or get it, um, certified as a class action lawsuit, which is very big because if, if you or I or a single person takes on Facebook, that's one thing. But if everybody whose picture has been used in these sponsored ads takes on Facebook, now we're talking some significant numbers. And hey, that's what they were accomplished. Jillian, I'm just getting a, a little bit of feedback from the, from the room saying that you're a little low on the audio side. High on the content side, they're saying. Low on the audio <laughs> side. So if you could move that, if you could move that mic close to your mouth. Uh, I know you got a. Here we or, go. Or, Here, I'll, I'll, it's a it's a blue mic. Shall I show you? How about that's this? That's way I'll, better. I'll talk right into the mic. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's well. You don't have to go quite that far, but close is good. There, go. there we go. Oh, much better. Is that better, gang? 
The yep. gang's happy. I'm getting thumbs Much up better. from all over. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, guys. Okay, well. So she's decided to no take No product this. placement here. <laughs> well, at least it's a product that we actually do like. I wouldn't mind having my... Yeah, I do like blue mics. Yeah, yeah. Now, so... She's moving there. So the government is, so the courts here are making it a class action lawsuit. Does that mean that Facebook's going to have to give me some money? Do you know, Steve, uh, like, uh, you know, I wouldn't buy that new car yet, but everybody who had their name used, their name and photo used, you actually, it's, a, it's actually one of these, opt, you're, you're opted in unless you opt out. So what, oh. the next in, step in the process, of course, we have to stop here for a second because Facebook doesn't like the ruling, not surprisingly, and immediately said they're going to appeal it. Yes. So this might be a long time before it gets to court. And of course, in the States, a similar case didn't even make it to court. It's that Facebook settled for $20 million. Okay. With the state, was it? In, in a similar, in a similar okay. lawsuit. Okay. And so, but everybody out of that, I hate to say, Steve, I think there were so many people in that lawsuit, they all got about 10 bucks. I could I, be wrong, I, but... I would take that right now from Facebook. It was 10 bucks, yeah. You know, a it's case of beer. It's a slap on the wrist, and it makes a great story, because their practices are so high-handed. I mean, you know, those of us who kind of... I, I have to make a lot of my living in the Facebook world, and Facebook marketing and advertising is a part of what I do on a daily basis, but I find it so high-handed, and, and I feel I'm being manipulated so often. I mean, I, the, the one that bothers me right now are these ones where you, uh, there's a nice teaser video of an of a oil tanker running aground, and you say, oh, that'd be an interesting video to watch, and you click on it, and the next thing you know, you have to like it, or you have to wait two minutes in order to see the video. And, and, and there's a lot of unsuspecting people that are liking it, which is then promoting it and in, in getting, you know, getting it lots of shares. Oh, I think you have to share it, actually. You have to share it or you have to wait two minutes to see it. And I've got to, I keep writing people saying, do you know that you're actually being used? Because I'll see a string from somebody that's a friend of mine all the way through and where they've been obviously gotten a role of watching these videos and they think nothing of sharing it. And I just think that's usury because it's basically preying on the, on the ignorance because nobody who knows Facebook is going to share something that that's that innocuous to their channel. Yeah, uh, there is no free lunch. Like we, we, you know, Facebook is not doing this out of the goodness of its heart, letting us share all our photos and our videos and our thoughts with all our friends. We're getting a service and we're paying for it, whether mm -hmm. we know it or not. So, uh, what's how long do you think this will be in the news? And uh, uh, as far as the, what's the next kind of what'll be the next milestone we should look for in this lawsuit? Well, Facebook, if they launch their appeal, which they've said they're going to, that could hold it up. It was uh, until they said that we could have looked at getting it into court, maybe even in a year from now. And of course, Facebook has stopped this practice of sponsored ads, mm -hmm. so they are not gathering any new members for the lawsuit, at least. They stopped it a couple of months ago. They stopped it in April. Um, so if it went to court, it would take at least a year because, the, first of all, Facebook has to come forward and give the names of everybody who was used in a sponsored ad because oh. Facebook knows that. We, yeah. we don't know that. The users don't know that. So oh. you wouldn't even know that you're part of the lawsuit until you hear from the lawyer who will write to you and say, Steve, your name's popped well, up on Facebook's list. And I wonder so, if they'll tell us what products we were advertised with. And I wonder if some people might be just horrified to find out what they were being associated with. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Think about it. You know, think about somebody who's, uh, who's, who's a vegan that's being associated with, uh, you know, some food product that they're not comfortable with or something. It could be, it could actually, a lot of people could have real serious issues with that. Yeah. People just might, uh, you know, I think a lot of people just didn't realize that that was how it was being used. Don't you have to wonder about the arrogance of a company that would undertake that kind of an advertising program? Well, I well, have to wonder about the arrogance of a company that would undertake that yeah, kind of I mean, we have to remember when, when uh, you know, the company was first founded, how the, uh, how the founder talked about his fellow students at Harvard. Oh, hot in or hot Less or not. than complimentary terms. Wasn't it hot or not hot? Or was, was that the site, the original site that he created? Was, it was that you would post pictures of a girl and then people would vote hot or not, right? That was the that was the beginning of that was really the beginning of Facebook. Is they would post and it was completely the girls had no control over it. Mm -hmm. And no then, matter. and then he he thought found to his delight that people were sharing all this information freely, sharing all this information, and interestingly, 
um, you know, Facebook will tell you, well, you know, you, nothing's private or you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't have to worry about this. We need to live in a more transparent world. But sometimes until you see that stuff out there, like the sponsored ads, you actually don't know what you're sharing. Yeah. And, and it does prey on, you know, especially when we see the new community, uh, the fastest growth rate in Facebook is, uh, is baby boomers. And of that sector, I think women are, this, are the highest growth rate as well. So they're not necessarily the most technically savvy people that, that they're preying on now or that are coming into it now. So they haven't been in it for a long time. It's not like the university students who were fairly technical savvy and kind of understood more or less what was going on. Uh, that we've got a lot of neophytes coming on board now. So it will be fascinating to watch it as it progresses. We, in a, if we get, if we win, I suggest that we all pool our money together and have a big party, the whole province. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think if Bosco's in. <laughs> Bosco's in. I think we should like hire yeah, the chili there. peppers to come and play. Hire the chili peppers to come and just play for us. And and yeah, I think it'd be fun. It would be good. It would be good. Okay, let's uh, let's 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 roll in everybody else. Greg, you can unmute. Unmute your mic and unmute. Uh, unmute. Uh, so Bosco, is there anything you wanted to add to that to that conversation? Yeah, I mean, you know, while we're talking about uh, Zuckerberg's uh, previous acts and what he said, I mean, let's not forget Snapchat's founder is also in big trouble right now for some inappropriate emails that have been shared all over the world, right? And, yes. Uh, his comments, uh, his comments were also uh, frowned upon. So, uh, and, and this coming from a guy that basically said no to being bought out by, I believe, Facebook as well. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's not, you know, there's not an over. So much is being shared now. I mean, we think to the uh, even into the NBA with the uh, the owner of the Clippers there. You know, uh, you know, privacy is such a it's such a fantasy now that we have we have almost none left, and in including the people who are invading our privacy, their privacy is getting. It's kind of ironic that the Snapchat guy is the guy that's in trouble with uh, with how much that's invading people's privacy and that that whole space does. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, but we got we got people that are you know that are growing rich beyond their means, beyond their very dreams, quickly, in yeah. a very short period of time without, the, without the, any level of maturity. Although having said that, you know, we've got a, an 85-year-old or an octogenarian of some sort that was, that was only in the Clippers that was, that was displaying some incredibly bad, uh, some incredibly bad judgment just to be as kind as we can. Uh, Greg, do you have anything to add to the whole story? I was going to say in general, I mean, I'm just amazed what, what things that people actually post. I mean, I think back in January, there was some talk about Facebook selling information in the private messages. I don't know what detail of what was being released, but I mean, you just look on the Facebook, people's Facebook posts themselves, and it's just, the amount of free information that they put out, that, they, that they're telling you that they're doing just absolutely amazes me, you know, let alone associate someone's name with, with, uh, with an ad, but just they freely put it out there, and they're just yeah. asking for trouble. I'm going to get you to tighten up on your mic a little bit too, Greg. Just uh, yeah, I can Better. tell your level's a little lower. And, you know, I was just doing a, one of my videos on Facebook privacy. And as I was doing it, I was thinking the process that I was going through was as I was looking at Facebook's privacy settings again, which I find as labyrinthian as anything and confusing. And I thought it's really in Facebook's best interest to discourage us from really protecting any privacy because the more we share, basically, the more inventory they have at the end of the day. And that's really... That's really just all it all all it is. Well, let's not forget as well. I mean, you know, I guess when we're talking about privacy, China is really upset right now with all the big companies. I mean, there's an article that came out today on Raiders that uh, talked a little bit about how China is um, really worried about the Prism software or Prism program that the NSA are using to tap into Google, tap into Facebook, tap into Microsoft, and really acquire user information from people from people in China. So. It, it, it's a very sensitive subject right now, and I think that privacy is going to is going to continue to be at the forefront, um, and it's it's really going to be a focus for a lot of different uh, entities. I mean, let's you know let's look at the hacks that just happened. If we talked about this in the last show, as far as the the hacks that happened on eBay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So and and yeah, and there's so many different catch points. There's so many different landing points for all of that data. That uh, you know. I mean, I, I've often said when I do my speaking engagements, people ask me how secure uh, cloud-based storage is, and I always say it's 100% secure for anything which does not need to be secure. And uh, as far as privacy goes now, you know, as far as our social, net, social media sharing, you just should simply not share anything which you consider to be at all 
private, like that, any, anything that you don't mind the entire world having access to. And even that, you know, that's just you protecting yourself a little bit because there's all of the other layers of things that you ha are forced to share in order to gain access to different services and stuff where you have no control over what's going to be happening with it. You know, how, how, how much control is over the, you know, the government's information that we have or, as you say, when eBay gets hacked. And, and the, the thing is that somebody's been eBay took three months to tell us. Three months that people could have been changing their passwords, changing their user IDs. Three months to tell us that they'd been hacked to a massive level. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they should be out of business for that kind of an egregious act. Uh, but, you know, they'll just continue rolling on and people keep buying. I need a new pen. I'm going to go to eBay and buy a new pen, whatever it is. Well, I just got a message from eBay saying that they wanted everybody to change their passwords. I don't know if everybody else found that, that message in their inbox the other day. Oh, well, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, after after our, our all our personal information had been hanging out yes. there for several months, as Steve said, nice yeah, of them eBay's, to uh, nice of them to point that out. Yeah, you mean because you know we've used it as much as we can now. We're not getting as much. <laughs> we're not getting as much. So go ahead and change it now because it's basically everybody has got it that wants it. So it's time to change it. Oh. Well, you know, unrelated to security, but it's totally in the privacy issue is, I, I mean, Google also had that huge setback with the European decision over yeah. um, over being uh, over people being able to ask to have things taken down on Google. So and they rolled uh, maybe, over. They well, rolled over much more quickly much than I thought they would. You think so? You think that they didn't have the ability to fight it? Well. Okay. You know, I, I read after that they didn't have as strong a lobby. They had, they had not taken Europe maybe as seriously as they mm -hmm. needed to, uh, whereas they have a lot of lobbyists in Washington. Um, yeah. And, and That's always been Microsoft's in... problem with Europe, isn't it? They, they haven't taken it seriously, and they always get slapped down. But here's, for the, for the listeners who don't know, the backstory on this one is the European, in, the, in, the, in Spain, a European court found that Google had to take down or had to respect requests to take down what they consider to be irrelevant information about individuals uh, that the individuals could perceive as harmful, basically. And it all stemmed from a guy who sued them because there was a story in a newspaper that he had um, gone bankrupt or had financial, uh, a financial issue. Uh, and that was the first, if you searched his name, that was the first response that came up in Google. And so he said that it was 1998, it was irrelevant, and it should be taken down because it's hurting his reputation. And Google said, hey, it's not our fault. That's what, that's, you know, that's the last time you did anything of significance as far as we can tell. And so that's where, that's where the issue started. The European court sided with the individual, and so they told Google that they had to put in place procedures to take down irrelevant uh, irrelevant information and so there ha now there has to be some criteria to determine irrelevance so Google from what I understand has already put up a request page that had something like 120,000 submissions in the first 24 hours did you see that Bosco yeah I mean I mean it happened to a buddy of mine who was a photographer and unfortunately when people went to Google his name uh, there was a porn site that showed up and so uh, it caused a huge problem for him and we had to work on uh, I got to ask you what was his name Oh yeah I'll private message you very <laughs> We did we did manage to help him let's just say we used Flickr and a bunch of other techniques to 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 help him get up there yeah, I guess it is a nightmare if something like that does happen. Um, at any rate, so now Google is embarking in a process. But interestingly, following up on that, uh, Yahoo also agreed to put a process in place right away. And you know who the ones were that didn't? Is Bing. Microsoft <laughs> said, we'll let the courts decide. <laughs> Interesting. They've been through it. I, I think that it's, that's you know, Microsoft's style is, you know, well, let's get sued a few times and see what happens. <laughs> is, is is how they're proceeding, so well we'll see how we'll see how that one plays out. And do you think that Jillian, do you think that the same kind of movement could happen here in North America? You know, I think so. I think people have to, you know, we we kind of have to start. I don't know, voting with our wallets or not. As you say, um, we accept all this that companies tell us, oh, your information's safe with us, and then we find out five minutes later, no, it's not safe at all. And there is, I mean, realistically, there is no such thing as a totally secure website. And it's just that we don't hear about it. But in Canada, I think this is, a, this is something that I would really like to see changed. Um, we don't have disclosure legislation. So okay. when a company... Uh, loses your information 
or a, there's a privacy breach, they don't necessarily have to tell you about it. So that's huge. Um, yeah. I mean, so you're entrusting all your information with a company, and we all read this. And, and I've had companies say, oh, our website's totally secure. Well, no, I've, you know, my name was in the Adobe hack and the eBay hack. and every, So it, there, is, there is no such thing. Um, but at least if, you're, if they're obliged to tell you immediately, that could also, that could, could also make them pull up their socks a little bit. It could make them pull up the socks, and it also gives you an opportunity to act swiftly and proactively if something does happen. Well, and just looking at the chat here, Richard brought up a really good point. Target in the USA now wants to collect your driver's license number when you purchase beer. By law, the cashier is only required to verify. Target is giving a 5% discount for the opportunity to contact directly to customer bank accounts. There's no 5% discount for cash. Corporate USA is data mining us. Mm. Yeah. Isn't Very that? good point. Wow, Richard, yeah. excellent. Oh, yeah, that's, wow. Well, that... and interesting, because Target was one of, uh, the, the CEO of Target just had to step down not long ago over their major privacy breach. So, really, this is a company you want to hand over your driver's license number since they lost everything else. Okay, uh, uh, Fraser, let's, let's put up a quick poll. Uh, build a poll that is asking the audience if they would accept Let's say a bit a deeper discount. If they give away some form of like our driver's license number. So let's say that if in Canada, uh, oh, let's just pick a national retailer. Let's pick oh, let's say Target in Canada. Let's say if Target was to offer you a ten percent discount across the board for any products you buy in Target for your for your uh, driver's license number, would you would you do that deal with the devil? So uh, Fraser, build that poll and when it's ready. <laughs> did my bias show? Oops, did it show just a little bit? Uh, build that poll, and we'll, we'll, we'll put it up in just a few seconds. And before he does, I do have one little bit of business to let everybody that's viewing and listening know about, and that is uh, our big sponsorship message, is uh, we have a huge sponsor on this show, and that sponsor is you. Uh, <laughs> Tech is brought to you by the people who visit and and uh, and consume our content we're supported by the crowdfunding site patreon which means each and every individual uh that decides to support us in patreon uh basically is our sponsor and for as little as like a dollar a month you can support not just this show but all of the other how-to content that i produce here on the dotto tech channel so if it's something that you think you might be interested in might be uh, open to supporting and i won't take any personal information you know i won't take anything at all but i will take a little bit of money if you're willing to give me a little bit money so drop by and have a look at the patreon page and at the very least have a look at it even if you're not going to sponsor me take a look at the future of content creation and content publishing i love the concept of crowdfunding be it for products or be it for content like this and patreon is the leader of creating crowdfunding for content so i thank you all very much and i know i got a couple of patreon supporters right here in in, in the group here actually i think th all three are aren't you fraser's not because he's a he's a he's in the maritimes they don't do any of that sort of stuff <laughs> <laughs> so steve, steve if we give you five bucks you buy a beer if we give you ten dollars you buy a beer in a nice expensive restaurant that's not everybody gets free hugs that sees me if they ask around the street and if you i think if you're at ten dollars i follow you on twitter which is the sort, which means that you can direct message me with any questions you want. That's special. Cool. I think that's kind of nice. You know, yeah. it's it's a direct contact. And to be honest, anybody that signs up in Patreon just through the Patreon chat, as soon as anybody asks me a question in Patreon, I notice that and I respond really quickly. So it doesn't matter whether or not what it doesn't matter what level you're at. You're going to get some pretty good access. So have a look at that. So uh, how's the poll coming, Fraser? We have it ready to go. Yep. Okay, stick it in there. Let's uh, let's publish that poll. And let's have it. So if Target offers you, now if you don't see the poll, you might have to click on the poll tab at the top of your window there. If Target offered you a 10% discount across the board for giving information, would you do it? And let's see what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to vote myself there. There we go. So uh, there is, we'll leave it run for a few more seconds and then we'll, and then we'll close it off and we'll see. I'm pretty excited. What do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be yes or no, Bosco? No. I think it's, what do you think, Fraser? I think it's going to be no. Jillian? I'm going to vote again. It's going to be no. <laughs> uh, Greg? Greg, oh. what do you think? Think it'll be yes or no? Oh, Greg, you're muted. Did you mute yourself again? Uh, when I move my microphone closer. No wonder. I've been trying to cut yes. in a few times. Okay. <laughs> there so, you go. Okay. So, so yes or no? 
No, absolutely okay. not. I think it's going to be yes. I think for 10% across the board, yeah. Okay, let's see what they say. Close it off. Let's have a look. No, 90 oh. I think I'm the only one. Way to go, yes. everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Let's fight back. <laughs> that was 10%. Okay, do it again and put 20%. No, I think Just you're starting movement here, Steve. No, I, it's, I, I sense forget. an uprising we here. We won't do that. Our crowd has spoken. But I think the bias of the panel might have had a little something <laughs> to do with it. I'm not positive. But good on. Well, you know, that's, 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 that's an interesting, you know, it, it'll be interting to see if, 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 if retailers are starting to take more. Because what they already get on us is just amazing. I mean, I wonder what percentage of you who said no, though, have an Air Miles card or a loyalty card of some sort, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Which, and exactly how much more information, you know, stop and think about, wait a minute, oh, Steve might be right, you know, or check in on Foursquare or in Facebook or check in in some other way. So there's lots of ways, but, but some of them are f more fun than others. All right, I think it's time for us to change channels here. Let's, uh, let's get off the privacy kick for a little bit. And uh, Justin thinks his information is just too valuable. I mean, he thinks Justin has a high opinion. <laughs> He's a buddy of yours, right, Bosco? Yep. Or it's not Justine, is it? It's Justin. Justin. Good. Okay. Barry asked $50 for any retailer to ask for my email. Oh, <laughs> Barry, he asks, oh, Barry, uh, when, when they ask for his email address at, the, at retail locations, Barry asks for $50. <laughs> Are you sure? Give me I, just, I just give them Steve Dotto's email. <laughs> I, used, I used to do that. <laughs> you, know, you know what, Steve? Uh, I got one last point on this. I was just thinking yeah, go about ahead. something. A couple of months back, I think it might be a year ago, one of my Twitter followers, must have been a young individual, got his first credit card. And he said, look, I got my first credit card. And he posted a picture of both the front and the back. And so what I'm wondering is maybe there might be some people that might say yes now, but then they may actually regret it later. Uh, as the, one of your Twitter followers. <laughs> so maybe you're saying yes and no. Maybe that 5% who said yes may turn around and say no and go, oh, my. Yeah, yeah. I well, do? the 5% was me. I think I'm the only one that voted yes. <laughs> okay. I didn't want it to be a, a complete whitewash. But that's interesting. <laughs> that person is challenged <laughs> who posted the pictures of their, biz, of their, of their credit card. That it is, disappeared pretty quick. I don't know whether he deleted it or someone else deleted it. I but don't did know you say, thank it. you, you just paid for my Amazon Prime membership? <laughs> Especially with the three-digit code in the back. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I, that's bought pretty my, much. I bought my Google Glass with that card. There you go. Oh, did you? <laughs> a thousand bucks. There you go. Okay, let's uh, let's change channels and let's start talking Apple. Uh, Apple had uh, this week is their worldwide developer conference. It has become such an event that it's not first come first serve anymore as far as attending. And there's room for like at the at the keynote. There's room for a couple of thousand people. I think like twenty five hundred people or something like that. But instead, there's a lottery, much akin to. Uh, the Super Bowl lottery or the Olympics lottery to be able to get into the gold medal game of the Olympics to get to attend the Worldwide Developer Conference, which, of course, has the legendary keynotes that, uh, that Steve Jobs made so famous with his presentation. Well, that is now no longer, uh, of course, Mr. Jobs presenting. But Apple still seems to have not lost all that much luster as the Worldwide Developer Conference really was uh, kicked off with, a, with much pomp and circumstance. And then maybe uh, it, it finished off with a little bit of a fizzle. Um, let's, start, uh, let's start with Greg. Greg, you, you took in the entire keynote and the entire, uh, the, the entire launch. Were you impressed with what Apple had to announce as far as primarily OS 8, iOS 8? I think impressed is a relative term simply because I'm, I'm a gadget guy. I like the hardware. I like the touchy-feely kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I was actually expecting a lot more. <clears throat> I was actually expecting some hardware, some announcement. But, I mean, the rumor, the rumor mills were totally, totally shut out. Mm -hmm. I think if I had to pick, I know we're probably going to talk about some of the features, but I think the fact that whether you have a MacBook or just to say a Mac OS device, an iOS device, an iPad or an iPhone, it's getting to the point where they're all going to be working seamlessly together. And I think that step forward, I think, was a huge step forward. Like, for example, we, we heard about some of the things that are moving forward with, with in the health industry. Now, maybe we didn't see an iWatch now, but I think down the road we'll probably see some sort of iWatch that will probably integrate with a lot of the health things that are going on. Yeah, the health initiative was 
pretty late in the announcement, but probably one of the more telling uh, one of the more telling uh, 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 items that they brought up is Apple's. Basically, what they said, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is they said they're really developing a uh, a developer's kit. Uh, for developing health-based applications or health information applications, which sounded to me like it could extend from the from the gadget type thing of the heartbeat monitors and the pedometers and the altimeters and, and all those sorts of things that you might want to use to be measuring performance, all the way through into into some you know into a lot more enterprise level, shall we say, things that might integrate with a government's healthcare system or a hospital's healthcare system. Absolutely. I mean, if you have some devices that are monitoring your, your heart rate, your heartbeat, maybe you're, you're running and all of a sudden something is going awry. And maybe perhaps I think there was also some discussion about having some integration with also the healthcare providers. If all of a sudden, you know, you're on a watch list because maybe you're, you've had a heart attack recently and you're out there and your heart rate's going awry, then all of a sudden, you know, message is sent and someone's going to call you and say, hey, are you okay? Mm. That's pretty, that's pretty... It's pretty invasive, but also pretty cool. Well, I think if you're someone who maybe is at a high risk at that point, you probably say, well, you know what? Here's all my information. Maybe at that point, you will let Target have your credit card number and maybe even your driver's license. <laughs> you know, I, I can remember looking at some online pharmacy stuff that I thought, this is a few years back, and I thought there was some very, very cool applications. This is when my dad was still alive, so I was very into elder care at, the, at that time or what was happening in that world. And I remember a company was a startup. I don't think they ever got off the ground, really. But they had a Wi-Fi-enabled pill bottle that you could tell if your parents, if your elderly parents, were taking their medication. And you'd be getting little, you'd get little SMS notifications that the pill bottle had been opened and closed. And it was more just motion-based as far as that kind of stuff goes. But I, always, I thought that was a really compelling idea because especially as they get a little forgetful and stuff, you know, being able to call Dad up at 4 in the afternoon and say, Dad, did you remember to take your medication today? Oh, I didn't. I, I'm sure I did. I said, well, I didn't get a text on my phone that you did. And so that's, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So I see us moving kind of in that direction where that sort of integration can suddenly become uh, possibly a little bit more relevant. Jillian, what did Sorry? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it reminds me of that liquor system I remember hearing about where they actually weigh the bottles because yes. a certain type of liquor weighs a certain amount and they'll know whether or not how many were sold based not only on you know eye level but oh. the weight of the bottle. Yes, yes, yes. Got it. So, Jillian, what, what, what impressed you or what didn't impress you from the Worldwide Developer Conference? Well, I'd be interested to hear what everybody else thinks about this because one of the things that I keep seeing with Apple. Whoops. Oh, sorry. Forgot my mic down there. There you go, Dad. One of the things I <laughs> keep seeing or thinking with Apple is they just, you know, they were so in the forefront and now they seem to be playing catch up all the time. And I have to say, even I'm really interested in the health, the health applications and the whole idea of digital health and, and people being able to take responsibility and and be able to, you know, use their mobile device for all kinds of things. Um, but it seems that they're some of the things they're doing. Other companies have already done. Um, Samsung is Samsung's Galaxy um, has has a lot of yeah. a lot of those S Health features um, already. And I wrote recently about. In fact, um, there is a it's a, a Vancouver researchers created a created a device that plugs into your iPhone, so it can actually. You'd like this, Greg, because if you're having a heart attack or you're your your the oxygen is low it'll tell you right away because it's um a phone oximeter so it's a little device that plugs into your iphone and it can tell your doctor immediately it can feed that information so if the oxygen blood levels drop lower it can go straight to your doctor or nurse or whoever is supposed to be looking after you so it seems to me that you wouldn't you think that apple should be leading that kind of charge instead of coming in kind of trailing in a bit behind maybe i'm too harsh this was much of the criticism of uh and actually i i can't remember where i saw it oh i i know i somebody posted it on my channel uh on the on my youtube channel they said that they followed the apple announcement uh and i think it was around promoting this particular uh our show tonight they said and all it was was me too they said the entire thing was stuff that I can already do on my Galaxy S4 in Android. And Apple didn't come up yeah. with anything new. 
which True, is... but I think I think that maybe what they try to do is they try to make it better. I mean, remember the original Mac OS came from Xerox, mm-hmm. and they weren't the first ones that invented the MP3 music player, but yet look what they did with the iPod. I it's... think the whole idea... Well, first of all, I'm going to have to check out that gadget. It sounds interesting. Thanks, Gillian. Gillian. But what I think is that if they can take it all and put all that information together, where all the applications and all the hardware is all working nicely together and we can get some sort of information, cohesive pieces, cohesive information. You know, it's almost like when you get your prescriptions, you know, it used to be, unless you were covered totally by healthcare, if you had to buy a prescription, you go wherever it was cheaper or whoever had it in stock. But yet you want to have them all in one place because if you happen to add another prescription, if you need it, then they can say, well, you know what, you're already, you've already got this and this and that. You, this may not be a good idea. So I think in terms of, I agree that it's kind of the me too, but I think I'd like to give them a chance to see what's going to happen next. Because, I mean, so far I've been fairly impressed with what's, with what's going on. Yeah. And for a guy who plays with all kinds of gadgets, to be able to have them seamlessly go from one to, one, from one to the other, I'm looking forward to that. So I'd like yeah. to see what happens. It should be pretty good. Braxton had a great comment. <laughs> How long into your run does the phone battery die? Which is true. If you're using an iPhone, oh, it's you're going to have to have a backpack battery pack in order to be able to have the GPS and the heart rate monitor and all that stuff. Because I know mine lasts now in tenths of a second from the time that I start using my iPhone and unplug it from the wall till it's the, the battery, battery is dead. I think we own like five Mophies in our house, so it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, you just walk. Basically, when you walk around the house, Bosco, do you go from charger to charger? Charging station to charging station, that's where you hang out? You, you pretty much, you know. I mean, we everything I mean, everything in our house is Apple right now, and, you know, I'm going to take a different approach. I, I thought, you know, many people said, some people said that they found the uh, the conference almost like the, the TEDx for developers in some areas, and mm-hmm. I, I, I certainly thought it was entertaining. Um, I think one thing Apple does really well is they do a really good job when it comes to storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and so... While there was a lot of things that they were probably behind the curve on, I would say that what they did do is create a pretty cool user experience for anyone that is on the Apple family. You know, um, yeah. especially for me. I mean, considering you know everything for us for business and everything else is is part of the Apple family. I, I would say that you know it's really cool to say, hey, we're we're now part of the uh, part of the the same club as Samsung, right? And one of the things we want to point out as well is that they were really big on also explaining that Apple has the highest percentage of updates uh, where their database are current. You know, most of their consumers almost, I think the stats were 89% of their database has the latest update. Yeah. And this is, this is where Apple, uh, when Greg's talked about, we've all talked about some strengths or weaknesses that we see in Apple. For me, Apple's biggest strength, and the reason that I still never hesitate recommending an iPhone, even though I don't think it's the best phone on the planet anymore, but I do know that if you buy an iPhone today, any new iPhone, that in three years you'll still be able to run the most current version of the operating system. I don't know that about a Samsung or any other version of the phone, that you'll be able to run the most current versions of the operating systems on that phone. Apple does not leave orphans. They let the, they, they let the hardware wear out basically before uh, the, yeah. it, it doesn't work anymore. So that is, that is a big strength as far as I'm concerned. Their, their camera feature could use some love. Yeah. Although John Beeler has just been talking about the new camera that he saw, and of course, John Regular on the show and one of my go-to photography guys. He's really impressed with what he's seeing in the new camera. And another regular on the show, Dave Hathaway, had just been writing me today saying that he's installed OSX Yosemite. Oh, Yosemite? Yosemite, I guess. Yosemite, yeah. uh, And he's liking it. And Hathaway typically doesn't like anything. So that's, uh, that could be, that's going to be something that we're going to be taking a look at. Uh, for those of you listening that, that don't know, the, the, uh, or I uh, don't know what Greg was referring to as far as the integration, the cool, I'm going to paint a little picture for you. It, let's say you start writing an email on your iPhone as you're you know, on the bus on the way home, and you get partway through writing an email on the iPhone, and then you stop writing. And you don't do anything special. You just stop writing. You put the phone back in your pocket. You walk home. Jump on your computer. In Apple Mail, that email will be there partially composed for you to finish. Yeah. That kind of integration, that's pretty special. That's, that, that, that's the coolness that Apple's talking about, this integration as you flow from one device to another seamlessly with your data and all of your information following you back and forth across the different across different platforms. That's what we're talking about as far as the integration that, that Apple has been I th- talking about. I think about. they call it, um, I think they call it, what, what do they call it, continuity. Yeah. 
And that's that is that is a big deal. Now it's interesting that they one of the things they've announced is some new upgrades to Safari. When I've just gone on a rant on Facebook myself about Safari, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but Safari has become the memory pig of memory pigs, as far as I'm concerned. And it's any time that there's a flash window, there's flash in any website at all, which is still what. 70% of websites and contain some flash. I noticed when I upgraded to the last to 10.9.4, I think I am on the Apple OS, and the newest version of Safari, all of a sudden I've got a 12 gig Mac here that I'm actually running this webinar from right now, and all of a sudden my memory was like, out, oh. and I'd have four tabs open, and then I'd have, I'd have a second browser open, but I didn't have all that much stuff open, and I always used to have three or four gig free, and I suddenly was out. And when I looked on my, uh, on a, I've got a tool that measures all my memory and resources, I, I realized that Safari was using up to 25% of my system resources, which just blew me away. So needless to say, I've stopped using Safari for the time being, and I'm back in Firefox, which is, which is not bad, although it looks a little dated. It doesn't look all that modern, i got to say. Well, I'm not thrilled. Anyways, nobody want to comment on that? It was just my rant. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's take a look. I'm just going to take a look at what, other, what the other big things were in, in the uh, mail getting. Oh, Apple. I thought, they would, I thought they would back off a little bit and give up a little bit on iCloud since they've only tried four times to make it work, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to make it a usable system. But again, they're taking Dropbox on, Square, Square on, and Google Drive on, Square, and they're calling it iCloud Drive. I'm surprised they didn't call it iBox Drive. <laughs> or iCloudbox drive. Uh, but they're trying like to find all the same things that we do everywhere else and we all love to do in Dropbox or Google Drive and making us go to iCloud, which none of us trust. Does anybody there trust, any of you trust Apple's cloud storage systems? Uh, we, I use it, but not for our sensitive information, more for, for our, you know, our large bulky files that nobody cares about, right? Okay. Um, I, I, think, I think that there's something about just giving up your sensitive information to the cloud that just makes everybody sort of feel very uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, we've used it for for some of those bigger files, and you know, it's at the end of the day, it's like using all the other web-based apps that require an internet connection, right? Until Google decides to come down and give everybody free Wi-Fi on their on their new technology, um, we, we're almost reliant to a to an internet connection, right? So, mm -hmm. anybody else right. have any uh, any thoughts on the on the cloud storage space? Yeah. I, I wasn't using it extensively. I mean, I'm more or less a, a Dropbox user, Dropbox user. But I think with the new Mail Drop, I think it's certainly worth giving it a new look. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you can now send a file that's up to five, you'll, you'll five to, gigabytes, five gigabytes in yeah. size, which is absolutely amazing. And so, if you're sending the email, if you're sending it to another Mac user what it does is it kind of strips the attachment and it allows that individual to get it on their Macintosh. If you're sending it to a non-Mac user, then it shows up as a link like you would see in Dropbox. And I'd like to see how, how well that works because that would really be sweet. Mm, yeah. Okay. And, and what I did like about the, the presentation was also the subtle hint of Snapchat and Vine in the new messaging system. Uh, you can now start sort of start sending out video messages to each other uh, that can self-destruct, and you can yeah, also with the decay sending, on them. Yeah. yeah, and you can also start sending audio files to each other, and, and and you know the group messaging, which is part of the WhatsApp. What what I feel Apple's done really well is they've competed with WhatsApp, they've competed with Snapchat and Vine by building their own system, right? And and I think it's going to take off. And you know, let's let's also not forget they were also able to call Dr. Dre during their presentation, which. Uh, considering that you know a week ago he was hip hop's number one billionaire, um, you know I, I think it was a pretty good use of their of their celebrity endorsement. Yeah, well, he's even richer now, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He asked he asked what time he has to show up. Yeah, what time, what time do I have to show up for? I see, uh, Jillian, you're not wearing Dr. Drake hands there, are you? No, these are Sennheiser. I, oh. Although I do have Dr. Dre, which I'm going to have to bring out now that they've been bought by Apple and so they're all in the news. <laughs> hey, did you guys hear that he's already spending lots of money? Oh, yeah. He spent, what, $40 million to buy that 40-acre Brentwood estate? Yep. Nice. Oh, good. Well, I guess, you know, you get it, spend it. You Absolutely. don't know how long you got. Yeah, I, I, if they gave me that kind of money, I'd be spending it too. They, yeah, spent, they spent $3 billion. Was it 3 I thought it was $2 billion. I thought it was three when I last. It's, 
It's two point six billion in cash yeah. and the rest in stock options. Yeah, so three billion in total. Oh, U.S. Wow. of course, yeah. US so dollars. what's the? What is? Is a headphone company worth three billion bucks? I mean, I'm not. I'm not the economist, but. Did anyone see the valuation for WhatsApp? No. No. What, what is it? Oh, I think it was twenty something. Twenty. Yeah. For WhatsApp. Well, yeah. I do use WhatsApp. I did. I. I mean, I use it when uh, you know when when like uh, when I when I've got family members in Europe and stuff like that. That's what we'll be using to communicate. So, you <laughs> know, but I. But WhatsApp. But I. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that the headphone thing that I, that I need to use one particular brand is it that much. You know, it's, it's the eighty twenty rule. It, it, you know, it costs so much more. Are they that much better than the other headsets that um, we can use, or is it all? Is it Apple's? Telling us what's cool, showing us what's cool. Doesn't matter if it's better or not. If Apple makes it cool, it's cool. I, I use it. I mean, I, I used to DJ when I was younger, and and I use it. I mean, it's definitely a different experience. That's for sure. It it definitely beats out any of the uh, the headphones you normally use. But I wouldn't say that it's. But does it beat out outfit. other? Does it beat out other three hundred dollar headphones? Um, you know, the challenge with the, the, the Dr. Dre, you know, a lot of people are talking about the fact that they break very easily. It's not the quality that's a concern. It's the, it's the actual, you know, can you keep it for longer than a year? You know, I've already replaced two B. But did you pay for any, because they've got excellent customer support. Like, you break them? Yeah. Within no, the warranty I, period? it was covered within my warranty. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard that over and over again in social yeah. media. It's like, like we paid a fortune for these, but as soon as they, you know, my, and it's often kids having an issue with them, they replaced them. Boom. Yeah. No questions yeah. asked. I wouldn't say it's the Vitamix of all headsets. It's the Vitamix. Oh, good, good comparison. <laughs> if you're good looking comparison. at, if you like, if you guys believe in consumer reports, they they did a test on some of Dr. Dre's headphones, and what they found was the models that were the, the $300 models really performed well. Now, I don't know about breakage, but they did perform well. Yeah. But what they were saying is that the sub, the $100 ones, like the UR Beats. Yeah, those are the ones that broke. Or, yeah. yeah, but they weren't $300, right? Those were no. like 100 bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those ones didn't perform very well. Well, it's, all, so. for, me, it's, for me, it's a purchase like I've never seen from Apple. You know, it, 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 it certainly, and I wonder if they would have bought that company under Jobs. I just don't know, but or I don't would, think so. Or would Jobs just invent something very similar to it? Yeah, would he just? Yeah, would he try and hire away the best engineers? Would he do his own thing? It's just, it's this is the first time that I've seen a decision come down that I went, oh, I don't think Steve would have been on board with this one. You know, that it, it, it doesn't seem to fit his style, or didn't it, seem to fit his style. They don't seem uh, to have anything else that's someone that's someone else's brand. It's one of the first times that you're going to see a product that's non-Apple, yeah. part of the Apple family. And you know who used to do this all the time? HP. This was the HP model. Let's go get a really good. Let's go get a really good speaker system. Let's go get a really good monitor attached to us. Let's go get right. That was the HP way. You know, yeah. HP would buy whole computer companies and make them their gaming computer under the HP brand. And keep in mind, Beats has a massive following, right? So they're not only just buying the technology; they're buying the following. But by all means, I mean this was trending. Five minutes as soon as, the, as as soon as the news broke into it. I mean, everybody was talking about it. So, are we going to see an integration between the iPod technology and the headset integrated in a unit? I would say, yeah. I would, if I were to make a bold prediction, I'd say in the next twelve to twenty-four months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm wondering, you know, where the wearable technology goes from there. Is the are the ears the entry point that Google sees as the eyes into the wearable technology? You know, Google Glass, Apple's got. Audio, Google's got visual, and maybe that's Apple years. Apple years. <laughs> well, 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 think you know about how, it. In, <laughs> you know how you have your bill to order? It's possible that you can go online, you can order your iPod, you can get your custom engraving, and then you can opt for either the Dr. Dre headphones or the, the standard earbuds. I can well, I'm, I'm thinking even beyond that. I'm thinking the fact that you don't that you buy your headphone with which has got it all built in. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. the direction that. That's the direction I think they have to be moving in. Just just because wearable technology is such a such a thing, and just ha just putting music into your ears, it just doesn't seem to me enough for three billion bucks. Even though it's good quality sounding music, there has to be more to this. The iDre. Well, but the bottom line is, you know, Google is focusing on the visual, focusing on glass, and Apple's nowhere to be seen. They, we don't have the watch. All we'd have is handheld technology still from Apple, and that puts them way behind 
in what many people feel is the future of, 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 of interactive technology. And so now they've got a piece of wearable technology. So it's, that's, that, that's the only sense that I can make from it. So, yeah. isn't it? What do you think, Jillian? You've been quiet. No I, no, I think you're right. And they are falling behind. I was, one thing I was disappointed, no watch, although that was one of the things rumored Greg talked about. But uh, this company has a lot, a lot of money. I guess, you know, when you've got that much money, you just got to go out and spend it sometimes. Yeah, yeah I guess so. But again, it's just it's a departure. You know, they've had the money for a long time. They've always been cash rich. Okay, uh, I'm going to wrap things up. Uh, we're going to, we, Bosco, we had a couple of other, oh, you, we talked about China a little bit. And, uh, oh, you, let, let's just deal with the, the one issue that you had. Let's, let's deal with it pretty quickly, which is about, you. Uh, I'm just looking on the note here, something about oh, Google, uh, oh, Google wants to bring Wi-Fi to the planet. You, you did kind of touch yeah, on it too, though, didn't Yeah, we? just a little bit. I mean, according to what they, they're trying to project, they want to bring Wi-Fi to 4.2 billion people uh, with their technology, and they want to create sort of a Wi-Fi hot balloon or balloon sort of technology. And I think that that's... Uh, that's something that's that could change uh, how some of our cable companies operate tomorrow, or all of them, yes. all of them, right? So uh, I just thought it would be really interesting uh, to see if if this does take off, how will that affect or shape uh, some of the industries that currently are housed in Canada as well? A Wi-Fi mesh mesh network from yeah. from one end of the world to the other, we'd be like a giant ant colony. Yeah, yeah, I think that's awesome. You know, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap things up and get your guys' thoughts on what I think is the funniest thing that I saw or the coolest thing I saw, which is actually very similar. I saw a video called Solar Freaking Roadways. <laughs> and I you saw it, Bosco? Yes, I did. I watched it like twenty times. Jillian, did you see it? Yeah, I've just I looked at it after you told me about it. Okay. So here's Hilarious. the deal. These, this, this mom and pop organization that got some a little bit of funding from the federal government, from the federal Department of Highways in the United States, developed a technology that they call solar roadways, which are basically little. And you got to look it up online. You got to watch the video. It's about twenty minutes, and then you got to look at some of the debunking videos because it's a wonderful journey. But I got so excited when I saw it. I thought that's the future. Of course, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely. Beyond it's redonkulous is what it is. So it's these so these solar panels that fit together like uh, they're little octagons, and they fit together, and they're all networked together, and they actually build your entire roadway with the with these things. They lay a sheet of glass over the top of pebbled glass, which is our roadway, and they said that with if they covered all of the roadways in North America with this material. It would create enough energy, more than double the energy that we're currently using. I'm not sure if it's worldwide or in North America, but does it really matter? It would be the answer to greenhouse gases. It would be the answer to the energy crunch. It would be the answer to the unemployment issues because there would be so many people employed and putting these things in place. They would carry all of the networking cables and all of the telephone cables and all of the cable cables for the entire world. No more overhead wires and no more overhead power wires. It's no wonder they're not just solar roadways they're solar freaking roadways and they've got the funnest video where they're talking about this uh and uh, and they show it and you and they started an indiegogo campaign and what are they at they're like 1.7 million dollars that people are throwing at it just to support their dream it's amazing anybody anybody else get as excited about his mirror did i just Embarrass myself? Uh, no, I got excited too. I shared I shared it to to a bunch of people. I thought it was pretty cool when they said that you know it would help with uh, carrying cable wires and, and and telephone wires across. But uh, yeah, then I watched the debunking videos, and I I also th- I felt like when I watched the Joseph Coney video, I was really excited, and then I kind of hugged my yeah, it myself. popped my balloon. Yeah, Th- is much. it Thunder Eye or Thunder? The, the, he's the, the the British accent guy. That's a real. He's 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 a piece of work, but he he does a great job of debunking these sorts of things. And it turns out that it's two big issues. The first issue is it would cost something like fifty trillion dollars, which is like more than the world's gross gross domestic product or uh, revenue for two years. So it would be kind of expensive. It would kind of put us in debt to do it. Uh, the second thing is uh, the surface uh, glass, even pebbled glass, or you know the, the little bumps 
glass is a fairly soft material when you think about materials like that and traction on the road might become somewhat of an issue especially in northern climes where there's a lot of moisture and stuff like that but yeah they, they were talking about you know having these things melt the road melt the snow so no more snow removal and they also talked a lot about having led lights in them so roadways become reconfigurable but of course i'm not too sure how you'd see them at a low angle they always shot it from above but it's still for anybody watching, you know, look. At, we'll put a link into the in the show notes to this, but it's it was one of the funnest evenings of my life. I, I suddenly, for about two hours, I had a, I had I had a dream for the world, and I was all ready to throw my three dollars at the Indiegogo campaign to get the bumper sticker, and then I, then I saw the debunking videos, and now I'm depressed again. <laughs> so, I just don't know what to say. Anybody got anything to wrap up? Did we miss anything with any of you guys? Can I mention something totally off? Sure. <laughs> I was covering this. Uh, there's a Kickstarter, a Kickstarter thing for a. It's called the Armadillo. R M D L O. It's a. It's actually a high tech colander, you know, strainer. And I thought this was so novel that I had to check it out. In fact, they've actually the, their funding is complete, and I believe the Kickstarter project ends at I think in a few hours. But what's really cool. How do you really spell cool, it? R M L D O. RM Armadillo. It's a Kickstarter project. And what's really cool about it is that every house needs a strainer. I mean, whether you're a gourmet chef or a starving student, you need to have a colander or a strainer. And what this thing does is it actually folds up into something that is not much bigger than a ladle. And the co there's co-developers and one of the guys who's working on the development team actually used to, he worked for Samsung, he worked for Speedo, and he even worked side by side with Dyson, Dyson himself. And this thing is so cool. And it's the cheapest model right now is about 20 pounds. So it's about 35 or $36. But I mean, I'm not much of a kitchen guy, but I have to have one of these things. And what happens is that it folds up just with your hand. You can just spin it and it folds up immediately. Okay. Absolutely incredible. So how do you I'll spell it again? Because I can't find it. RM, actually, hang on a second here. RMLDO. RMLDO. LDO. See, a Google search for RMLDO Kickstarter comes up with nothing. Zero. And while he's pulling that up, I just want to acknowledge Andre on the chat. He has the best comment that I've seen today. He said, Facebook-sponsored ads on the roadway. Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> By far, my thumbs up for best comment. Oh, there. I, you know, as we go along in the show, we'll have prizes. Don't worry. Everybody everybody in the in the chat room, have you had a good time? First of all, let us know. Uh, let's, let, let's check with you if there's any, any last words from the chat room. So tell us, have you enjoyed this format? Is this working for you? Do you want us to continue doing these live shows? Because I'm planning on doing it whether you say yes or no, but it would sure <laughs> be lots better if you, if you say yes. Here I am begging for some support. But tell us if you're enjoying it. Well, there's the link from Greg. Let me click on that before we go too far. So it, it's called RMDLO. He's absolutely right. Yeah, armadillo, because it looks like an armadillo when it's open. Oh, yeah, and it looks and like just it's a kind of funny because the company, I, I guess the company took a picture of President Barack Obama, put one on his head, and it said, "Yes, we can." <laughs> <laughs> you run it. There we go. That's good stuff. Okay, yeah, here's so a I've link got to a, a post I did. It's actually pretty cool. Sorry about that, Steve. Go ahead. Oh no worries. You keep going. You keep going. That's good. Uh, let me just pop something in here as far as letting people know. So next week, uh, next week you can actually register right away now for next week's show if you are interested. It's going to be a great show next week because it is app wednesday but it's on thursday so it's app wednesday but we're doing it on thursday because i have a speaking engagement on wednesday uh but we've got a great lineup including uh including uh, miss destructo uh amber amber osborne is going to be joining us from seattle so we're finally getting some americans some americans on the show so for a little more international flavor on the show uh but our app wednesday or app thursday show in this particular case is always one of the funnest shows that we do we we really enjoy that so there's a link there in your in the, the pop-up now for you to to register for that should you be so inclined and also if you are interested uh, tomorrow is the very first of our uh, paperless office webinars that I'm doing uh, using Evernote for the paperless office with Brooks Duncan if you drop by dototech.com you can sign up there we're doing six webinars over the next couple of days I'm pretty pumped about that Brooks did an excellent job putting that webinar together we've got something like 1400 people registered already it's it's really rocking so I appreciate uh, your guys support there and I invite invite you to join us if you are not yet registered and with that Bosco Anthony where do we find Bosco it's at Bosco Anthony is your Twitter handle correct sir 
Yes, you can find me just typing Bosco Anthony. Yeah, but there you go, Bosco Anthony. Fraser Morrison, uh, Fraser, thanks for your help today. Once again, uh-huh. you rocked, sir. Jillian Shaw, you can find her fine writings at the Vancouver Sun, or you can follow her on Twitter at Jillian Shaw. That's yeah, it's just at Jillian Shaw with a G, right, Jillian? Are you? Did you mute yourself, or you just you don't want to talk to me anymore? Oh, something's happened. Oh, Jillian, 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 Jillian Shaw. Okay. And Greg Gazin, at the Gadget Guy. At Gadget Greg, right? At Gadget Greg, you bet. At Gadget Greg. You're going to want to follow him on Twitter as well. And so with that, I think we have run out of time for this day. I need to thank you guys uh, for for tuning in, I, especially those of you from, uh, you know, from that are not in the West Coast, all the way from from the Middle East and a lot from the East Coast. Uh, I hope that you found it really enjoyable and entertaining. You'll receive an email a little bit later with the replay. Share it with your friends. Let them know about the Dotto Tech channel. Let's grow this community and turn this show into something which is something special. It's already special because of the guests we had today, but if you make it more special, we can get even better guests. Not that there's anything wrong with you guys. I love you all. You know I do. And as you are my Patreon supporters, you see me in public, you get a hug, just like everybody else, and I do appreciate that. (laughs) So so with... What's that, Bosco? There's no spooning. Just, just no spooning. <laughs> Leave it to Bosco to, uh, we'll, we'll, to, to have the final word. Uh, you guys on, uh, you guys in, uh, it, my co-presenters here, you guys stick around for a second. I want to wrap things up with you. But I am going to end this broadcast now. Thanks so much for you all for spending the evening with us. Have fun storming a castle. 